mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Chapter 12, Balancing. Billy, Charlie called as soon as he got out of the car. I turned toward the house, beckoning to Jacob as I ducked under the porch. I heard Charlie greeting them loudly behind me. I'm going to pretend I didn't see you behind the wheel, Jake, he said disapprovingly. I'm Julia Argy. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is Hot and Bothered, Twilight and Quarantine. Okay, wait, can I talk about my favorite part in this chapter? No, we have to do a 30-second recap. Okay, time me. Time me. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So they have lunch. They uh, Edward is like, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow. Bella lies to everyone. Edward goes to hunt in a park, which I think means that he eats raccoons. I don't know. It's very upsetting. Um, she meets Alice. She seems nice. Edward steals her car, but like Bella's car, but like in a way that she likes. And then they go on their first date. And thank God they're wearing matching outfits and they're walking through the woods. And then something happens. The chapter ends. Wow, way over. Sorry. Way o- it was long, but. Okay, well, you show me how it's done in the right amount of time. On your mark. Get set, go. Uh, They go to lunch. They have drama <laughs> at lunch. He skips class. Classic Edward. Mike invites Bella to the dance again and saying they all dance with her, which was really gross. And then she says no. And then she talks about her laundry incessantly. <laughs> and then, oh, earlier, um, Billy and Jacob came over and it seemed cool. And then they go on a hike and he, he like is partially shirtless. It's embarrassing. Whew. Oh my God, that's my favorite part. Let's just jump right in because, oh my God, he's somehow wearing a sleeveless shirt with buttons. What is a sleeveless button up shirt? And it has a collar. Yes, he's wearing a collared sleeveless button up shirt. I've never seen this in real life. I feel like male strippers could wear those sometimes. Like, I think that's part of their look, right? Maybe since he doesn't sleep, he makes some extra cash stripping. That's why he's so shady about what he does at night. Okay, solved. What was your favorite part of this chapter? So I was really interested in the moment where Jacob says that Charlie and Billy regularly get in fights about whether Carlisle is nice or not. And that doesn't seem 
really like a regular topic of conversation between a friend pairing, like whether or not you like the local doctor. <laughs> and then we hear Charlie constantly raving about Carlisle and he acts so smitten with him in the hospital when Bella is maybe concussed. I'm wondering if he has some unrequited feelings towards Carlisle. I really enjoyed that. Well, I would be really into that, except I'm not under the impression that they fight about this a lot. I'm under the impression that they fought about it once because men don't resolve their issues. They have one fight, then they don't talk for a while, then they're like baseball. Mm, I think it's regular. I think it's like how people sometimes talk about celebrities. You know, it's like you're being like, I love Hugh Jackman. I'm like, oh, God. And you have a crush on Hugh Jackman and you're the Charlie figure. I mean, maybe. I just don't feel like my having a crush on Hugh Jackman is a major source of tension in our lives. That's why the crush must be extra severe for Charlie and Billy to constantly be talking about it. Maybe he's like really ashamed about his queerness and that's why he has those photos up of his super hetero marriage that he had. Well, I mean, anything is possible in these books. That's what I've learned. Not anything. Like, not a sleeveless button-up collared shirt. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, wait, even that is possible. So that leads me into my first piece of advice. Bella, it turns out that you and Edward match. Great look for any couple. Lean into it. This is an opportunity to go full on. We talked last week about how I want you to have a leather backpack to match his leather jacket. You guys are out today. Maybe go shopping. You and I match sometimes and we love it. It's very invigorating. Yeah. It's like the Power Rangers. Yeah. They should go full Power Ranger. Do you think that Bella said her favorite color was brown because Edward wears so much beige? (gasps) Probably. (laughs) And why isn't she wearing all of her favorite gemstones? Like creepy little topazes to match his (laughs) eyes. Yeah. Okay. So what's your first piece of advice? So I, in this chapter, was reminded about all the times where I felt like I've walked in on, in public, people breaking up. (laughs) This happened multiple times in college where I'd walk into a dining hall and some girl would be crying at a table and a guy would be like, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Edward and Bella are always having the most intimate conversations in public. And he's fully emoting. At one point, he throws his head into his hands and starts to be ashamed of himself and Bella wants to touch him and Rosalie stares at them being grossed out. I was like, yeah, I'm grossed out too. Stop having all of these private conversations in a public place. It's horrifying for the rest of the people who just want to eat their tuna sandwiches at lunch in peace. Do we really want Edward to take Bella away from the lunchroom though? It's where the food is and this girl has a hard enough time getting food into her mouth. We see in this chapter, she does take a bite of bagel successfully. Okay. I mean, just think about the other people. It's horrible for them. I don't disagree with the, like, thrust of your argument. I just disagree with the particulars. I agree. Private conversations should happen in private. They should, like, get a little tent and pitch it in the middle of the lunchroom and then fight in there. (laughs) Yeah, that would be discreet. (laughs) At least no one would have to watch. I mean, especially if it's beige, no one would notice. Um, What is your second piece of advice? Well, I guess it's to Bella, but it's to really anyone who's listening. Your life should never be about one person. She says that it feels as though her life in Forks is all about him. 
And I just think as soon as you notice in yourself that your life has become too much about one person, it's like really time to pick up knitting. I was also very disturbed by the line where she said that her life when she moved to Forks was all about Edward. But you're just saying you want her life to also be about like a new skein of yarn. Like that doesn't seem (laughs) that good. Yeah, I think that that is a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Like I think that then she'll be like really into patterns and like colors and she'll probably want to study some color theory and maybe she'll start going to her local yarn shop and those always have funny names like the happy hooker. Like, I don't think that she should stop at knitting, but I think she needs to start making her life in forks about other things. She also has been complaining about her wardrobe for a long time so she could knit herself some pieces to help her cope with the weather. Exactly. Some, like, chunky sweaters. Escapable knit jeans. (laughs) Elastic waist. Oh, my God. It would solve so many problems. So, yeah, don't be so obsessed with Edward. Get some hobbies start knitting. That's my advice. What about you? What is your next piece of advice for our character in this chapter? Mind races for Edward. We hear Bella talk about her laundry 300 times in this chapter. She needs to do it. She might die doing it. Her keys are hidden in her pile of laundry. And then Edward skedaddles over to her house to go get the key and drive over her truck. He should do her laundry. Oh, that's true. He's so fast. He could do her laundry so easily. He could fold it fast. He could put it away. And instead, she's just left to do it herself. Like, what is the point of a vampire boyfriend if he's not going to do your laundry? I don't disagree with you on that. That's really good advice. Thank you. Acts of service. Mm-hmm. Although maybe he's not doing it because he, like, knows that she still needs things to do. Like, she's just going to be sitting around obsessing about him more. I mean, Edward apparently is really good at doing stuff. He could get her books from Seattle. Like, he could provide for her in ways that he's currently not providing, and she wouldn't have to do laundry. He should at least get her some audiobooks because she complains that, like, laundry is, like, only a physical thing and her mind is still wandering. And I'm like, oh, Bella, I want to recommend a podcast to you, but this book takes place in 1912 and so you don't have podcasts, but you seem to have a disc man. Edward should get her some books on CD. Yeah, I agree with myself. What do you want to put in Bella's care package this week? It really stressed me out that she didn't really know where her truck keys were, that they were like in some jeans pocket somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to get her a hook for by the door to hang up her keys. She should hang up her keys as soon as she gets home like a human. This is just terrible. So I want to get her a cute hook to have by her door. Vanessa, I just realized... In our whole conversation and both our recaps, we forgot to mention that Bella does drugs. Oh, my God. Yes. Bella does cold medicine. She does it so hard. She does it unnecessarily. Not a sniffle in the chapter. Mm -hmm. The weirdest thing about her doing the cold medicine is that then she describes like a very robust relaxation technique. I know. And then she says the cold medicine kicked in. I'm like, how do you know? It could just be that your like meditation worked. I was going to tell her for my care package to figure out how to make yourself fall asleep without drugging yourself. And then she proceeded to do all of the things I would have said to her. Yeah. 
She's really undermining my kind efforts over here. Well, maybe what you should send her are placebos. Mm, fake cold medicine. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's what I'll do. Um, what do you think is going to happen next chapter? Well, something big better happen because the way this chapter ends is like almost mid-sentence. It ends, Edward seemed to take a deep breath and then he stepped out into the bright glow of the midday sun. End of chapter. I'm guessing he gets attacked by the mama bear of one of the cubs that Emmett killed. That would be awesome. But he's able to get away because of your wonderful advice. (laughs) They run back down the hill, go back to the car, speed away on the Volvo. This has been Twilight in Quarantine, a button-up collared white shirt from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are executive produced by Ariana Nettleman and produced by Ariana Martinez. This show was conceived of as a vampire baby by Julia Argy, and I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and we're not sure what I'd do. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by Acast. 